nightmare is mine doing. Soon I will bring hell to you. <laughs> And welcome, everybody, to episode five of Schlock or Not, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss movies, whether they are schlock or not. And in the process, maybe we'll decide if they are a schlock or not. Um, if you could all do us a favor, head over to iTunes and rate us. Uh, five stars are much appreciated. You can also check out our Twitter feed at the schlock or not, um, where we also try and provide some fun flick facts from time to time. Uh, if you'd like to share your thoughts about some of the movies we have talked about or give us some valuable feedback, our email is schlockornot at gmail.com. I'm here with my buddy Steve. How are you, buddy? Good. How's it going, Doc? Good, man. Number what are we five. doing today? Number five already. We already at five? Yeah, we're doing uh, 2011's Manborg, directed by Stephen Kostansky. And uh, I got my copy from Buyback. It was released by Dark Sky Films. Uh, I rented mine off Netflix. I still do the Netflix DVD, mostly for this show, so I can get some obscure stuff, you know. Right, right. Are you familiar with uh, the production team of this movie? I am now. I wasn't before, but I did some reading just because I was interested in them after seeing this. Uh, yeah, Astron 6, man, they're a pretty phenomenal uh, film production company from Canada. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of their things. It's, uh, they're responsible for such movies like uh, Father's Day. They did uh, the newly released The Editor, which I own. I have not seen yet, um, which is that movie's kind of like an, a, an homage to Italian Giallo. Father's Day, I couldn't even tell you what, what it is. It's fantastic, but it's kind of like a, um, I don't know, just like a gonzo trauma film, which is uh, pretty good. I'm looking forward but, to seeing them. I was looking at all the clips. It looked great. Well, let me tell you, it consists of uh, five guys. It's uh, Adam Brooks, who you may know to play Draculon in Manborg. Uh, Jeremy Gillespie plays the Baron. Actually, I should say Adam Brooks plays Draculon and Dr. Scorpius, I think was his name, right? Yep. And then Jeremy Gillespie plays the Baron. Matt Kennedy plays Manborg. Connor Sweeney plays Justice. And Stephen Costanzi, uh, the director, he just basically plays like random killborgs throughout the movie. And wasn't Sweeney's wife uh, Mina? I think so. Well, it could be sister, but I caught caught more of a wife vibe off of that. I definitely noticed like throughout the credits, there's a lot of the uh, same last name. So I'm sure it was a family affair. Um, I read that the budget for this movie was only 1100 Canadian dollars. That's crazy, man. So I think that's pretty amazing. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but when I talked about Astron 6, I only mentioned five names. Do you know who the sixth is? Not the girl, Sweeney? It's you. Oh, it's It's me? It's the viewer. That's great. Who's enjoying the movie that Aww. they've created. So I thought that was pretty cool, man. <laughs> well, I knew nothing about them going in, but I was completely hooked on the name Manborg. I mean, if you're going to give me Manborg as a name is already, I'm in. Well, even the cover of the movie, if you look at it, it's whoever designed that thing. It's incredible, man. Yeah. So um, looking at the credits, um, like I said, you definitely understand that it's a family affair, but that's probably pretty important, though, because when you're on a budget of $1,100, you've got to bring in every friend, every family member you've got. Right. Since no one's getting paid. <laughs> no one's getting paid, so they're all family and friends, right? Right, right. <laughs> kind of like this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> all our listeners are our family and friends. That's so right. So would like to uh, try and broaden our horizons. Yeah. Um, I noticed that uh, when I loaded up the DVD, the menu screen had a great sense score. Um, I noticed that Astron 6, no matter what they do, and, and, and I'm sorely uh, ill-prepared here, but whoever does the mu- music for all of their movies is amazing because um, they always just nail the overall tone and the sound. Oh, this one was great, for whatever, Yeah, for yeah. whatever genre they're going for, man. 
yeah, this one was great. I loved it. It matched perfectly. It It's a definitely 80s throwback. It's got a ton of the synthesizer, a ton of the Casio. I mean, you could almost be like a better version of some Beverly Hills Cop, that, oh, that sound, right? Definitely. And also at the beginning of the movie, I don't know if you noticed, I'm sure you did, um, they have an ad to stay tuned after the feature for upcoming Astron 6 titles, and it has that washed-out VHS effect to it. Yeah, it was great. I watched all the previews. I watched all the. Um, I didn't go through all the DVD extras, but there were plenty of them, uh, and they. I was hooked. I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready for more of their stuff. Did you stay around to the end of the credits? Yes, I did. We'll talk about that later. Yes, that was we awesome. Will. <laughs> uh, so basically, wait. Do you uh, want me to play us in before we uh, get into the discussion? Go for it. Yeah, all please right. do. I did get Big Willie for this. Let me get Big Will's take on it. Awesome. The armies of hell have taken over the earth and all that stands in the way of the villainous Count Draculon and humanity's total extinction is a motley crew of misfits led by the mighty Manborg, a warrior that's half man, half machine. I appreciate the fact that you left his little chuckle in there. Uh, that, okay, so I did take two of his outtakes for you, though, because I thought those were pretty fun last time, so I'm going to give you two of their small outtakes. Awesome. The armies of hell have taken over the earth, and all that stands in the way of the villainous Count Draculon and humanity's total... Whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was his first mess up. Here's the second. They're so ridiculous, dude. <laughs> you, 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 gotta, <laughs> yeah, dude. you gotta start over. Wow. You, you want that one again? <laughs> yeah. All right. They're so ridiculous, dude. Yeah. You, you, you gotta. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Wow. <laughs> Will's the best man <laughs> but you know what it, 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 I don't think this time it's because of how poorly it's written I think it's just because it's such an insano uh, uh, description for this movie no he felt dumb saying like, it that's exactly right he felt like an idiot saying it it was great like what is going on here what are you making me read yeah <laughs> great job Will thank you thanks Will alright so basically Earth has lost the Hell Wars to the minions right yeah you get a and big that, um, like a, a, a scrolling title screen right where it kind of tells you brings you up to speed on where you're at right 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 and I, and I think at the beginning of this movie um that is the only part of this movie that was not shot in a warehouse or basement on green screen that's amazing would you me. say would you say so well it's I, all outside combat i mean it could be green screen but it looks to me do, like it was outdoors in some sort of um field somewhere i'm gonna skip to the end of of my notes here. I'm going to, I'm going to break form here. I'm going to, uh, cause I want to get this out of the way early. We could talk more about it as we get into it. But bef- okay. if you, if you knew nothing about this movie, which I did going in, you could have told me that they spent $10 million on the budget or they spent $10 on the budget. And I could have believed you either way because it was so off the wall crazy. I couldn't tell if they spent a ton of money to make it look that bad or if they made it look that bad with a little bit of money. The effects that were used, which I, I tried to keep a list of it, it was like practical, claymation, CGI, green screen, layered, drawn on effects. Uh, I, I gave up. And at certain points of the, of the film, I stopped even trying to figure out what effect they were using because they were using everything. It was they mash it, Yeah, they mash it seamlessly together. They threw every dollar they have. You can tell these guys aren't getting paid a dollar to be in this movie. They're taking everything they've got for the special effects, right? It is nuts. Everything's extremely oversaturated. Um, the costumes are dead on. The practical effects, like the gore and the um, the blood effects and whatnot. Uh, I know Dave's going to say something that I'm mentioning that right, right, <laughs> right, right out of the gate. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, they weren't good. They weren't... I, but they were. Like, they were genius. They were. Right? They, they totally work for what they're trying to do. You know these guys could do better, but they're doing this 
because this is what they love. Right. They love that 80s, early 90s VHS uh, feel to everything. Right. And I wrote down a line here because I, I don't know exactly how to explain this to you or anybody listening, but I wrote down a sentence I'm going to read to you. And I'm okay. probably going to read it again at the end because I don't, I don't even know if this makes sense. But it seemed to me like they worked harder to make a bad movie than they would have had to work to make a good movie, which actually made the movie better. Did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I, <laughs> makes 100% total sense to me, man. Right. So if you'd have told me that they had 10 mil for this, I probably would have believed you because it, it came out so cool. It, 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 this astonished me. Like, I've never seen a movie like this before, and anybody that's seen Kung Fury— uh, this kind of has a little of that taste to it where it's just gonzo. You have no clue what's going on, what effect they're using. It, it might be a miniature in one scene. Then you're fighting with a clay monster. Now you have some Star Wars drawn on laser effects, and now you're back to a puppet. Just all in the same scene. It was, it was yeah. ridiculous. It was crazy. Just putting all that together and keeping track of where you're going and editing everything had to have been a nightmare. But I'm telling you, man, they pulled it off. Oh, they, pulled, like, they had to pull it off because until I did the research, you could have told me it was a million dollars budget. And I would have been like, well, they did a good job with their million. I, you know, no clue. Right. These are the guys who don't go to film school. They just make films. Like yeah. we've talked about and previously. We have like when you put your heart 100% to it, it shows whether it turns out good or bad. It shows. And this showed 100%. And you, and you have friends that all have the same mindset. Oh, yeah. These guys were all in. The overacting was ridiculous. The overdubbing, <laughs> ridiculous. The effects ridiculous it was um I, I really man this one blew me away i i went in knowing nothing and that's probably how you should go in it blew me away but just so we know too everybody if you haven't seen this and you're planning on watching it and you don't like spoilers i would probably just go ahead and stop this podcast now go ahead and rent it buy it i would prefer that you buy it so we can give as much money as we can to these guys but watch the movie if you don't want to be spoiled Right, right. And I've gotten some cool comments from some of the guys. I've shared some of them with you that said uh, they really had no interest in watching any of these movies until we did the review. And now they're interested, but then they watch it and they're like, well, you guys made it fun and it's no fun. Most of these movies are more fun with a buddy. It's buddy movies. If you're going to go with a friend and you're going to have a good time with it and you're going to be able to laugh, you will have a good time with these movies. If you're going in looking for, uh, you know, a Forrest Gump, Probably not going to have a good time with these movies. No. And you know what? I would love to see Manborg in a movie theater. Oh, yeah. Rent it out for a birthday party with like 20 of your friends. And yeah. just throw this up on a big screen, oh, man. Yeah, it dude. would be amazing. And that goes for Raw Force, too. Raw Force was the same thing for me. It's just great. A lot of the movies we've had so far. Um, now, I'm interested to see what's going to happen when we uh, discuss a movie like Mummy Maniac. Oh, my God. <laughs> to see if, if, if we deter people from seeing the movie or if they'll just see it just based upon how... Uh, our thoughts and feelings are on certain movies. But is it possible that we just really like bad stuff and it's more fun for us than it should be? Is that what's going so, on? Yeah, I think I, like a it. movie like Manborg, like I was researching uh, some of the reviews on IMDb just to see what other people thought about it. Not to, not to sway my judgment one way or the other, but you can see the people who get this. When you rent a movie called Manborg, you know exactly what you're getting. And people who are giving it three out of 10 stars uh, because the special effects were bad and the acting was awful and the dubbing was horrendous. It's like, you, you don't get it. That was intentional. Even like the Q&A on the DVD was, was poorly done and it was all on purpose. Right. They love this stuff. Yeah, it, it really showed. They nailed this. These people are doing something to me that's amazing. That it's, I wish, I'm jealous. I wish me and you could do something like this. It's awesome. I agree. They're very talented. Um, so let's go ahead and start talking about the movie, I guess. Um, the beginning scene, it's a large battle. You know, you get the, the, 
the narrative that tells you, kind of brings you up to speed on where you're at. Um, so you start on a large battlefield. Uh, the minority are holding their ground in the war against the Hellions, uh, small pockets of resistance, if you will. Um, the stop motion cyborgs at the very beginning were extremely reminiscent of the first Terminator for, for oh, me. Oh, yeah, definitely. But lower budget, obviously. Um, and I guess uh, Kostansky did all the stop motion uh, animation himself. I guess it was something oh. he learned as a, as a kid, just making movies. Really giving it your all. Right. Uh, and I noticed that uh, right out of the gate, the dialogue, it's, it's very machismo, right? Uh, Come on, you bastards. Let's all over the top. You know, it, it was very um, World War II-esque. Yeah, I took, I took a clip from it. I'll, I'll give you a little taste of what it's like. And also, before I do that, Count Draculon. I mean, that, that hooked me too right away, the name. Ugh. When you're giving me Manborg and Count Draculon, I know where you're going <laughs> with it, and I like it. So here's this is like in the very first five seconds of the film to set the tone for the little okay. army thing. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that they worked in a lot of that stuff, even Tons with Manborg. I'll it. talk about that later, but it's what people say. Uh, it's like dialogue written by people who don't know how how to write dialogue, but they do because that's how people actually sound. I kind of took it some of Manborg's lines, and I've I got some of those for later. His lines almost mimicked what I said in the movie because there's so many points in the movie, and I was like wait, what? And Manborg would say, wait, what? You know, <laughs> it was almost like he was watching the same thing and thinking like, what are we doing? Well, there, there was a couple of times like, you know, he, he and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Manborg's very, um, he's a machine, obviously. So he has the exaggerated movements with the sound of the mechanics working in his suit and stuff. But like the Kilborgs would say, hey, stop, get over here. And he'd go, nope. <laughs> you know? that, absolutely. Yeah, that not happened a ne- lot. Not negative or negatron. It was just nope. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I got a little piece of Draculon too, just because I, I wanted to get a little of everyone since their voices were so greatly overdubbed. And this is right in the beginning as well, so I'll give you a little Draculon. Go to hell. Not yet, but soon I will bring hell to you. Now <laughs> for boating. Yeah, and if you look the, if you want to know what Draculon looks like, and you don't want to watch the movie, to me he looked really close to the Urukai from Lord of the Rings, which was like the trolls that cut off Sean Bean's head. Yeah. Uh, the makeup and the effect, like the kind of, they made him look big and stout and everything. It was kind of cool. And I didn't, I'm not a big enough nerd that I actually knew that name off the top of my head. I, I did that research to find out what those orcs were named and it was the Urukai. I find that hard to believe. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I, sure? I knew it was a, was an orc. I didn't know the name though. Did you go somewhere <laughs> to learn how to pronounce it or is that just something you knew off the top of your head? I too? went to Wiki. I wouldn't know. I would read that. And I'd be like, Harry, Curry? Well, Harry Carey? I don't know. I went to Wiki and looked up a list of all the orcs used in Lord of the Rings and then I searched through them to find the one. <laughs> I, no joke. That's what I did. Right. Yeah. Well, I thought he was great. His, uh, his over the top Transylvania accent yep. just totally nailed it. Like I said, same guy who plays Dr. Scorp- Scorpius right. later, Adam Brooks. So he always does a great job. But of and, course, during the battle, um, the Sarge gets hit. The brother. And at the time, I didn't know him, but a nameless uh, soldier, of course, explains to everybody, we can't leave him behind, so they go and try and save him. Right, that was his brother, right? The, the Sarge. Yeah, I found that out later. I didn't know it at the beginning. Oh, so you didn't get it from the like the, the Yabro? The, um, the, the vision, if you will. The Yabro didn't tip you off? Did you think he was just using that as like a... A statement, not like, like an actual bro. brother. Got it, got and, it. Okay. And then, then, of course, it all makes sense now why he called him bro. And then got he's it. like, oh, I'm sorry, Sarge, or whatever. Okay. Right? But then, he, of course, his brother tells him not to. It's totally cliche. On purpose. Yeah. 
But I think they're just going for comfort food now, man. They're just trying to give you that, uh, give you exactly what you want from an action movie, or that you don't know that you want from an action movie that Hollywood has told you you wanted. Yeah, I mean, right down to the sound effects. The sound effects in that scene were basically uh, Three Stooges esque when they start fighting. You're getting like a, <laughs> you're getting seriously like slapping sounds from Mo and Curly during a fight scene in the middle of a war that's with guns and lasers. You know? Right. Yeah, it's cra- right. I wrote down. Everything is crazy with big exclamation points. Like I, I didn't had no clue what was going on at this point. Like everything <laughs> is crazy right now. The effects, there, the sounds, everything is crazy. But then you get a poignant message throughout all this insanity, right? And it's that it's not about the killing, it's about the family. Yeah, uh, I did not get that point, but I'm glad someone did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, as as the sergeant is dying on the ground, he says it's not about the killing, it's about the family. He pulls out a family photo, which is, you know, I. Again, I didn't realize that that was him and his brother in the right, picture. Right. I thought maybe it was like his his dad or something. I had no idea. So he runs away, and uh, <laughs> as he's running away, the brother, the younger brother, the private, I would assume, right? Um, he looks back, and he, as he looks back, he sees his brother telling Draculon to go to hell as he gets chomped and eaten. Right. Right. And he had so the file. He had good filed down teeth and everything. I mean, there were some cool effects going on there. <laughs> they were they were pointy, like little filed on. It looked awesome. But then he, of course, has to. When he sees this, it infuriates him. So he has to unleash his. Now you're going to tell me if I'm right or not. Is that an M1 Duran? Oh, you know what? I I was having so much fun with it. I didn't even get into the to the gunplay, man. I'm sorry. I let you down on that. <laughs> I'm usually really good on that, but I'm telling you, my senses were going bonkers here because I'm trying to like. What's going on? Sound, sights. I was blown away by the whole intro. It was crazy. It's, it's hard to keep notes on this, man. Oh, it but was I, tough. I love the, the reveal of Count Draculon because it's exactly what your mind thinks a Count Draculon should look like. Oh, he could have been a, a, a bad guy from He-Man, right? From Masters of the Universe. Oh, anything, man. Yeah. He could fit into so many different genres. Yeah, he looked a little it like a sci-fi, predator. horror, um, B-grade, but also top-notch. I mean, it was just gonzo. Yeah, it was crazy, man. So anyway, he unleashes... Uh, his M1 Garand starts slaying the Hellions, and then he decides to fight Count Draculon mano a mano, which I think is a huge mistake because you just saw him destroy your brother. He just bum, he's he the bum rushes him. Battlefield, right? Yeah, just rushes right at him. Right, and of course, uh, Draculon doesn't drink his blood. Obviously, his his thirst has been satiated. So, uh, if I remember, uh, doesn't he just hold him up and lets the minions just blast him with laser beams? Yeah, he just gets torn apart, kind of like. RoboCop did in RoboCop, where everybody just blasts him into a million just pieces. Blast what you can see the tiny little pictures of what Kostansky was watching as he was growing up, and we'll right. talk about that a little bit later too. Um, and that's when the music gets really cool. And I do have it written down. Brian, I'm going to screw this up. I'm sure Brian Wyasic did the music for this movie, and I don't know if he does the other Astron Six movies. He has to because it's all. Just brilliant. It's all that good. So yeah, th- this basically was a RoboCop montage. He gets blown to pieces, and then they cut straight to him being rebuilt. Correct. Right, and it's the uh, it's got that amazing synth score again, obviously, um, and the montage of him being transformed into the Manborg. Right. Yeah, it's it's got the cuts just like RoboCop. It even has uh, the intro boot up sequence where like he opens his eyes and he sees the scrolling words and he focuses in on stuff like how a computer would you know scanner would so it's, it's pretty blatant this is right Robocop, but you know. but when he wakes up there's nobody there to greet him nobody and there is, what's that nobody was there at all which threw me at first and i wrote down like what the hell happened and then i get it later but i noticed when he got up that he had even the robocop 
like when he walked like exactly like he turned his head like like the same exact robocop crap was going on it was really cool right right but now how much time has passed and that was something i didn't realize either it's like uh, so you have the montage the table saws the sparks the drill bits you know x-rays being made and everything and then all of a sudden he pops out of the box breaks out and he's the man board now right Uh, he's got no um nobody to tell him what he's doing who he is what his mission is it's just so like Rick from Walking Dead, he wakes up in the hospital, has no clue what's going on, and that's Manborg. He wakes up, he's on a gurney, he has no clue where he's at, and just starts walking around. Right. In a fully realized post-apocalyptic landscape, all done on green screen, amazingly. Yeah, I didn't know that until after. I watched the bloopers and stuff, but it, it, when I was watching it, I, it, there was so much going on that I couldn't really, and that's to their, to their credit, I could not tell... Well, I couldn't tell if they were on a set half the time or green screened or if it was like I've, some of it I thought was actually film layered on top of other film. Like they'd taken two things and put it together. They would probably have to because if you saw the studio they were shooting in on the behind the scenes stuff. I did. It was like a warehouse, man. It was very tiny, very yeah. compact. I don't call that a warehouse. I call that a room. It was like a 10 by 10. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah it was like eight people crammed into this sucker. And so I thought, you know, to, to take that and make it very Blade Runner-esque. You know, yeah. with all the moving signs and flying cars and everything was a great. Yeah, great I, that's piece like there. I said, I I liked it even better when I learned more about it. I went in not knowing, and I respected it even more. That's like most movies, right? Where you see how much work's put into it afterward. You're like, oh, cool. They they spent two weeks for that five seconds of shot that yeah. I really paid less attention to. Um, it was amazing to me when I saw what they actually went through. Is yeah, was, they wow, whatever they did is half ge- half crazy, half genius. Well, they, you're gonna see another. Um, bit of inspiration from them when when Manborg he's out of his box he's walking around the city and he meets number one man who I'm just going to go ahead and say is Liu Kang ah Liu Kang Mortal Kombat my next note Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat next thing <laughs> right. on, next thing on my paper Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat yep and so um, number one man tells him he's going to help him um, and I don't remember what he said he was going to help him do but he says he'll help him and uh, of course they're seen by the Killborgs and the Hellions. And uh, they give chase to him on a hoverboard, and that was when I when I first noticed um, the the dialogue for Manborg when he says, uh, you know, get over here, and he's like, nope, and then he stomps off quickly, even though he's got like a fully uh, he's got a Gatling gun on his arm. Later on, you're gonna find out he's got like uh, elbow rockets. He's <laughs> yeah. fully equipped to fight them, but he's like, nope, and just takes off running. I think in that scene, didn't he come across some of the the bad guys? doing something bad to some people and he was going to help them. And that's when Liu Kang steps in and is like, no, they'll see you. Is that, that kind of the, that scene? Maybe right? that's what it was. Yeah. He's so. like, no, they'll see you. You need to kind of stay on the down low right now. But then why would he back off from the fight? Cause he really says, nope. And takes off running. But then, uh, Liu Kang, number one man and the Manborg decide to fight the Hellions. And that's when you see like, so we've had the eighties action movies. This one was just straight up mortal combat fight to me. Yeah, that scene, that scene to me was tough because like you're saying here, I didn't know if he was being helped or being herded or if he was trying to help civilians. That was a little convoluted and I didn't really understand at this point in the movie what I was watching. I was more watching it just to see. Uh, trying to fit, candy. I, exactly. I was, and I, I was taking clips, which kind of messed it up. I think I'd like to watch it again without clips just to, to really try to not dissect it. I was right. blown away by everything going on. I still had no clue, like, because even those effects were so much different than the beginning effects. Yeah, I mean, it it, it looked like a fully rendered Mortal Kombat video game. Um, even, like, the, the flying kicks and everything like that, it was just... And, and that's what I also noticed, too, that they intentionally overdub... Everybody's 
Dubbed. Overdubbed, overdubbed, like but I've never Liu heard Kang before. Was overdubbed, yes, overdubbed, like you would never believe. And I have his some. His voice of him was too. louder. He was also an Asian guy with like a very. <laughs> his voice matched not at all, and and nobody's really did. But his by far was the best or worst, right. however you and want to look it, at it. They like took it off sync from his lips, which I thought was funny, obviously. Um, but during this fight. Uh, Manborg and number one man are defeated. They're incapacitated. And that's when they get transported to Meganet City. Uh, when you're going in, it's just like every other post-apocalyptic movie. They have to have propaganda, right? And I right. love that stuff. Yeah, it's good. Renegades will be terminated, volunteer for experimentation. Um, so they're taken to the Hellion headquarters where they finally meet the Baron, which was one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. Oh, by far, Baron ruled. Uh, I wrote down when they enter that... What was it called again, that place? I just called it the Hellion Headquarters. Okay. I don't know what the, the whole thing actually Hellion was. Headquarters, I wrote down as all monsters and hot chicks land. Because all yeah. you get there is a bunch of weird-looking monsters and good-looking girls. And the Baron, who's the funniest character besides Justice in the entire movie. Right, and the Baron is also a monster. He's got, like, the big latex. I'm assuming that was a latex mask. Could you tell? I think it was. Oh, yeah, it was 100% a latex mask. Because yeah. even when he's talking, his mouth isn't moving. And did you notice he tried to smoke a cigarette through the latex mask? <laughs> did you see it? I did. Yeah, did he you like, notice, too, that when he, when he started laughing maniacally, he started coughing and they left it in the movie? Yeah, and the mask was, like, folding at the mouth, right? <laughs> like, he, <laughs> like, he puts a cigarette up to a, a part of the mask that doesn't even have a hole in it <laughs> and just pretends that he's smoking, but there's not even anywhere. Uh, yeah, it there's was good. nothing coming in or out. Yeah, I started I having the, a lot of fun yeah. at that part. <laughs> <laughs> and they leave it in the, the, yeah. the scene. So um, that's when they also allude that maybe Baron and Number One Man, they obviously know each other. And maybe uh, Number One Man had previously escaped from this, this prison already. Right. And so he was back in custody. But then um, Manborg is in prison with Number One Man. They have the laser bars, which I love. I yeah. think that's, that's cool. Fuck Rogers. Um, and he meets Justice, yep. who is uh, Connor Sweeney with an Australian accent in this movie. And they also meet, uh, I think it's Justice's sister, Mina, right? Yes, Justice and Mina. And I wrote down, you said Australian. I wrote down Yahoo Serious. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, that dude sounded to me just like that Yahoo Serious guy from back in the 80s. And can, can, I give you, can I give you something? Because that's good. That's sure, really good. Go for it. You know who he based the character off of, though? I hope Yahoo Serious, but no. Steve Irwin. Oh, yeah. Well, it makes he sense. Said he know. was going for Steve Irwin yeah. for that. But, which. If you see the DVD, his Q&A is by far the best because it's so freaking insane, oh man, because it starts off with a guy interviewing him, then it cuts to him interviewing himself, and then him interviewing himself and different characters, and it's just so incredibly insane. It's just, that's worth it alone. They could have just done Connor Sweeney's interview, and it would have been great. The other cool thing about that was he sounded like a bad Australian accent, and the sister had no accent. Right, like she just was sounding normal. None, none whatsoever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not so at all. At that port, they start doing their little jive talk back and forth. You know, you left us, blah blah blah. I took a sample of him, which I think, it, maybe I'm wrong here. You tell me. This is to me the most genius writing of the whole movie. I'm gonna play it for you real quick. Okay. Save your energy for the arena. Ah, uh, whatever, man. What do you care? What's that supposed to mean? What's that supposed to lead? Okay, so that that may be just a throwaway joke, but the more I thought about it, that's him making fun of the guy's voice, but not his real voice, the voice they eventually dubbed in for that guy. <laughs> Did, right? Is that genius? So what if, what if 
while they were making the movie, they used number one man's actual voice. Impossible. <laughs> no, 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 no. Way, say dude. they did. Okay. While they were filming it, they were they were going to use his voice. Maybe uh, Connor Sweeney used that voice as as a mocking gesture, obviously, and they thought that's perfect. We'll just use that, and maybe he did his voice throughout the whole movie and dubbed it. That would be know. double genius if that's true. <laughs> uh, I think I really think that that was the smartest joke in there. I hope it was intentional. I have a feeling it was because everything in here seemed as it was exactly how they wanted it. And the more I thought about that layered joke of like, you're not just making fun of his voice. You're making fun of a voice he doesn't even have yet. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That is right. really awesome. Yeah. And I the other cool, the, the other good uh, voice you get there is, is Manborg with his first like exclamation. So I'll, I'll play that as well so that you have everybody's voices now. Here cool. Go. You got a nine, buddy? I am. I am. Man. Borg. <laughs> He's like thinking about My it. My name is Man Borg. <laughs> Man Borg? More like asshole. <laughs> That's great. I laughed, man. That was a good part of the movie, man. Man Borg? More like asshole. And you hear the, you hear the, ro- the RoboCop like the whole time. It's so great. Oh, God, I love it. So... Kind of with that that Baron character, um, after they show them, they have that whole introduction in the prison cells. You see the Baron walking down the hallway, and that's when um, you see him and Dr. Scorpius meet each other in the hallway. And that's when I realized how uh, greatly realized the Baron was even, because he's talking to the doctor about getting the uh, combatants ready for battle in the arena, right? Yeah. And while he's talking to him, now, Dr. Scorpius has, uh, I don't know, what, what disease it would be where you would have walkers on both arms. He's obviously handicapped. Like the guy from... Uh, it was the crutches, right? Like he had crutches, yeah, one on each hand, about, got it. Yeah, something about Mary, the guy who has the crutches or whatever. Yes. It's kind of like that. Or Timmy from uh, South Park. Right. He's got those types Double of crutches. Double crutches. Yeah. So he's talking to him. While he's talking to him, he runs his finger down his face and like even creases his lip as he's running his fingers down his face and as he's telling him to prepare the combatants. And then he totally trips him in the hallway and just walks away. And remember, that's the same actor. No, Baron is different. Adam Brooks plays Dr. Scorpius. Oh, oh, and Dracula. Dracula. I, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry, Baron yeah, is different. So yeah, it's you're two right. totally different people. So he does that, he trips him, and then the Baron goes in, and as he's walking by the combatants, he notices prisoner number seven, which I thought was great because you have this powerful hellion leader, but he's completely just awkward and embarrassed around girls. So he's, he's smitten with prisoner number seven. He actually says, like, uh, what's her name? And the robot says, like, prisoner number seven. And he's like, oh, what a beautiful name. Oh, you think I didn't take a clip of that, dude? That was oh, please, God, awesome, dude. Yeah, here you go. I shall take great pleasure in watching their bodies, bloodied and broken, scattered across the... Oh, hello. Who's this? <laughs> ah, dude. <laughs> he did that the whole movie. Like, I could have made a whole soundboard of just him talking to Mina because every time he did it, it was hilarious, bro. Like, he would cut off whatever he was doing, whatever was going on, and just totally try to charm her. He brought her flowers at one point. It was amazing, dude. When he, when he was... Um... Uh, when he said something to her and she's like, I just want to die. And he's like, oh, we have something in common. Yeah, yeah, it was great, man. <laughs> like she, it, that, that, the dynamic between Mina and the Baron, killer, dude. Great part of the movie. Yep. Great comedic timing on both of them. Yep. Good right. So then all of them are taken to the, uh, the battle arena, right? <laughs> I loved another line um, where I keep wanting to say twink because Connor, Connor Sweeney was twink in, in uh, Father's Day. But Justice tells Manborg, like, if you get in my way... I'll kill you. And I remember Manborg's response was like, what? Oh, 
You think I don't have what? a clip of that, Doc? Is that what you're telling me? Hold on. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, yeah, Are we just going to become a clip show? We'll just talk yeah, about like, the best great. lines from the movie. I actually, there's not that many clips from this movie. It's just you're hitting on all the, the perfect ones that I laughed at, too. <laughs> well, then, yeah. if you remember, before you play it, so he says, uh, if you get in my way, hey, if you get in my way, I'll kill you. And Manborg goes like, what? And then it cuts to, to Justice, and he's making these ridiculous like poses with his arms, like flexing his muscles and stuff. Yeah, and th- at that point, they come out there in the arena now. All of a sudden, they have a bunch of weapons, right? Just, yeah, where, where did that come from? Yeah, on a lot of my notes, at the end, I put the ending of my note would be like, for some reason, or I don't know why. You know, like, <laughs> like now they're here for some reason, or now they're at this place. I'm not sure why. Like, that's that's my notes, pretty much. But I got I did take a little clip of that because it was good. And this is pretty much, I don't have too many more of these because it would have got, you know, too too much clips. But this is pretty much how Manborg responds through the whole movie to everything. And here it is. You get in my way, I'll kill you. What? <laughs> Which is great. Because, okay, you think like the speech pattern would be a little bit more staccato, a little bit more robotic. No. Uh, they just added like a tinny sound to a regular guy's voice. And you figure he would have AI or some sort of uh, intelligence factor to it. He's clueless, man. He has no yeah, idea awesome, what's man. going on. Could you play that one more time? Because it sure. makes my heart swell. Sure. You get in my way, I'll kill you. What? It's <laughs> good, dude. What? And that's—I'm telling you—if you like that, if you're—if you—if that's the type of stuff that make you laugh, this movie was chock full of that. It, all the lines Manborg said was, like I said earlier, basically me. Why is he mad at him? They're supposed to be helping each other. What? Yeah, that's that's exactly how I felt about the movie. He's completely clear. He's like a, he's like Robocop mixed with Inspector Gadget. He has no idea did you get, what's going on. I, I meant to ask you this earlier, too. Did you get... Now, obviously, he's a Robocop knockoff, but did you get a little bit of an Edward Scissorhands vibe out of him? Yeah. Innocence. It, yeah, he was kind of... Yeah, uh, reluctant was, to use violence, but when violence happens... Right. I don't know. You know, Edward Scissorhands obviously didn't really enjoy the violence, but when he gets a taste for blood, man, he goes for it. I kind of... The hair was wonky. He kind of had that, like... I don't really understand humans, kind of like Edward Scissorhands was very out of place. Uh, and it was endearing. It made him an endearing character. That's why Edward Scissorhands worked. That's kind of how Manborg worked for me, too. Right. I can see that, for sure. And I, I love now, so then they go into the battle in the arena with a bunch of uh, Kilborgs and Hellions and whatnot. And for this route, um, they went a little bit more anime, if you will. The, like the, the, the sound effects were very anime, the movements, the flashes of light. Um, the gore was just um, very cartoony, and they had they had eviscerations, decaffeinations. Wink, wink to Jeff out there. He knows what I'm talking about when I say decaffeinations. But uh, they have all sorts of just. This battle was insane, man. It was. There was claymation. There was puppetry. Uh, I guess there was CGI. I stopped trying to figure out what was going on halfway through, and I just let and it. And really good it fight choreography, man. Oh, I mean, if we're talking about versus Raw Force, night and day. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows if they had a stunt coordinator? They probably just came up with it all themselves. I have no idea, but... The, the the whole thing was extremely entertaining. Uh, During the bloopers, there's a scene where the number one man does a flying spinning kick to uh, just a random alien, and he legitimately did that kick. Like, that guy was very skilled. That wasn't some kind of weird effect. He was was on his game. And just to link this to Raw Force, too, did you realize that... Number one man did a flying jump kick to a guy in a vehicle. Yeah, I know. I saw that too. (laughs) (laughs) But it was uh, 100% more plausible, even though uh, it was against a Kilborg or a Hellion instead of just some some baddie with a bad ponytail. I'd like to link everything to Raw Force if possible. Okay. (laughs) From now on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously they they win the day. 
and uh, Dracula is furious with the doctor because the heroes won the arena battle. Um, so they're back in prison. But now, for some reason, I didn't get this. The gang doesn't trust Manborg. Right, and I have a clip of what I thought was funny. I'm sure this was intentional, <laughs> where they're yelling at Manborg. Right. Are you going to talk about shenanigans right now? Damn it, dude. You're ruining <laughs> You are on top of your game today, buddy. All right, let me... Here we go. Shenanigans are happening. Oh, wait a minute. Wait oh, a minute. Oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me give you the real one. <laughs> Those are some pretty fancy shenanigrams you pulled back there, man, Borg. There you go. So now I have your shenanigans and his shenanigrams to go together. <laughs> shenanigrams. <laughs> but, I mean, dude, think about it. I mean, they took a word like shenanigans and futurized it. Shenanigrams. Yeah, yeah Amy on Futurama does that, right? They take, like, a, a word and they mash it up to what maybe a valley girl would use it as a thousand years from now, right? <laughs> right. And that was at the end of that fight, too, uh, not going back too far, is when they introduced his elbow rocket, right? Right. Because he all of a sudden couldn't shoot, and then just a rocket shoots out of his elbow, and he kills like, the thing. Whoops. Yeah, it was. How does he discover this stuff? It's like reaching puberty, like he's been alive for a couple of days, so now he realizes, or is this just a learning curve? Or Well, in my notes, it says now he has an elbow rocket for some reason. So that was my take <laughs> of that. That was what I got out of that. <laughs> and you know what, Steve? I don't care. I love his elbow rockets. Oh, yeah, it was okay. awesome, man. I, I it was because, you know, you're wondering, why is he not shooting anymore? What's he going to do? They didn't draw out those fight scenes. They were the perfect. The, the timing was dead on, man. They were quick. They were fun. There was no BS going on. Good stuff. There, there is not a lot of filler in this movie, man. It's an hour and 11 minutes of just uh, exactly what you want to see in your eyeballs. Yes. That's yeah. it. So then the Baron comes back in where they're all in the prison. They don't trust uh, the man Borg with his. They think he's a spy, I believe, with some, his shenanigans. Right. But the Baron comes in again and tries to hit on Mina. And another one of my uh, my favorite lines. I know you don't have it though. Is when he says, "So do you like hover bikes?" And then he like murmurs under his breath, "Shit, so stupid." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a Chris so, Farley kind of type deal. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you, okay. So these guys write this low budget movie. And they give these characters, especially like the Baron, who's you know, it's a guy wearing a, a latex mask, and it shouldn't work, and it shouldn't have any heart to it or feeling. But man, I gave a shit about every single one of these characters, man. I, even the bad guys, I dug because they were, even though they're, you know, dystopian Kilborg hellion minions, they're they have a soul to them. Oh, you know every yeah, every character in this movie was cool to me. I, I loved when the Baron got on screen. Anytime he got on screen, I knew something fun was happening. The, the, yeah, I mean, they're fully realized. They're nuanced. Um, and I just really enjoyed that whole aspect. Every time, you know, characters had dialogue with each other, it was a lot more fun because there was that exchange between them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that scene there, I don't know if you noticed or not, but the guards were actually, I'm pretty sure, stop-motion claymation. Like for, some of them, yeah. Some of them were human, some were stop-motion claymation, and it really had a, a robot chicken vibe to it. If you watch Robot Chicken, like that type of stop-motion where it's, it's very simply done. It, but also, in the same scene, was some great effects and some green screen. It was so weird the way they put that together and made it work. It was nuts. It didn't pay one bit of attention to it, man. I mean... Um, I know you're, you're saying it's very poorly done, and I agree with you, but I still say it's better than half of the shit. No, Michael no, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm saying it's poorly done on purpose, and it right. worked oh, yeah. better than it would have worked if they'd have done it any other way. I'm, I'm crediting him that poorly oh, yeah. done. Yeah, I totally get it. But I'm just saying I, I agree with you that it is poorly done, but I still enjoy that type of artistry more so um, than watching um, – a transformer destroy a city for the millionth time. Right, right. No, absolutely correct. You know yeah. And in that scene right there, that's when they're back in the thing. I have a clip, and I don't 
I have no reference for this, and I, I usually write down what my references are. I only wrote it down as interview, so I'm going to play it just to get out of the way, but I really don't remember what it is. So I know it's just during the scene because I pegged it here. Shame you're still just a man, though. Do you look forward to being pulled apart piece by piece? Uh-huh. I saw you protecting your friends in the arena. Would you like to see them begging for their lives? <laughs> they are just as helpless as you. Yeah, great. Yes, <laughs> super great. Execute the remaining prisoners. Uh, except for prisoner number seven. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was his, his whole Manborg's whole dialogue was awesome, man. It was uh -huh. great. And the Baron, the Baron and Manborg both, they were written awesome, just great. I love it. Now, at this point, uh, Manborg, after that whole exchange, Manborg leaves, and the gang uh, is feeling guilty because kind of the, the way they were coming at him. Um, and then it cuts to the Baron, and he's he's basically having like a heart to heart with the doctor, a guy he treats like crap all the time. But he, he kind of is like a, like a spurned teenager, like, oh, I really like prisoner number seven, but she doesn't like me back, and I'm such an idiot, and I'll yeah, never he's have like a moping, girlfriend. Right? He's moping around and asking <laughs> if, he's, if he's doing things right or wrong. It's so great, man. <laughs> it's just, like I said, a lot of people would consider that a filler, but it was so much fun to watch a character that should not be saying these things or shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be acting in this manner, just totally exposing his soul to this guy who he treats like shit all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the and you know, right, that guy doesn't care one way or the other. He's probably reveling in the fact that, you know, uh, the Baron's getting spurned by the the, the pretty lady. The He's writing could it. not have worked better for me in this. Like, it it really most of these movies. I'll reference Kung Fury again because there is some similarities there. The writing is just a, a vehicle, a vehicle to move Kung the. To, yeah, right. what'd you say? Sorry. But I said this was that way before Kung Fury, just so everybody knows. Right, I, but that one I think is more seen, so that's why I'm using it. Right, but right. That Sorry one, the, it's okay. The dialogue there is basically to move the crazy graphics along. This is not the case in this movie. This movie, the dialogue is just as good or better than what's on screen. It actually worked and made sense. Uh, it, yeah. I really appreciated it. And if you want, one more thing I've written down here on Manborg was, if you want to know what Manborg You've heard his voice. If you want to know what he acts like in general, uh, my four-year-old does the exact same robot impression as Manborg. <laughs> like his, the way he walks, the way he talks, the way he moves his head. If you ask him to do a robot, you're getting pretty much a little Manborg. <laughs> Maybe uh, that should be your Halloween costume for next year. A pretty any, pretty much any four-year-old, I think, can do the Manborg impression. <laughs> yeah, if, as long as you have the uh, the sound guy just adding in that that robotic movement sound you're good to go man maybe i'll follow behind him with a soundboard and just do <laughs> <laughs> but, but that crappiness made it so endearing it was awesome just great really cool i agree i agree well at this point manborg has to go back to the arena to fight the champion right which again is a hulking stop motion mess man it's just a, a claymation or i don't even know what material he used it's just a mess and I loved the craftsmanship and the heart that went into making it, man. Yeah, that, that whole thing, that's where I almost gave up on just trying to figure out what effect was being used at what time. I just, I wanted to talk about the effects more with you and make a full list of it, but it was thrown at you so fast, I gave up. It was done. I just had fun watching it. Just so you know, too, um, I have in my notes that that's when he discovers his elbow rockets. Oh, so the, the elbow rocket was it's the, the Hulk, Yeah, the hulking champion. champion. Uh, that's when he discovers the elbow rockets. He defeats the champion, and that's when the gang loves him again. Yeah, so and that's when he, for some reason, his gun doesn't work. Did he run out of bullets? or? Yeah, he ran out of bullets, and that's when he, he resorted to that. But also, that exchange you just gave me, I have in my notes too, um, after Manborg 
um, defeats the champion, the Baron comes in and tells him that he's going to kill all the other prisoners because of that, except for prisoner number seven. <laughs> right, except number seven, of course. <laughs> so, what Seven's a beautiful good name to go. Had, right? yeah. So at that point, um, you know, Manborg thinks he's at fault for all of his new friends, kind of friends, being killed. Um, uh, he thinks he did a great thing, but obviously it didn't work out too well for his friends. And that's when the, the Dr. Scorpius comes in and reveals that he built the Manborg and using the Hellions, what, robo-technology to combat them. So he wants to use their own weapons against them to beat them. So obviously he's a mole, some sort of spy in this organization, right? Got it. Um, <laughs> he used the science to open hell, and now he wants redemption. So Dr. Scorpius is the reason for all of this mess. So now he wants to fix what what he did. Right, and he's barely in the movie too, Scorpius. Like, he's an integral part, but he's not, like, front and center on many of these scenes, right? No, no, but, I mean, now you realize, like, he really is something to uh, – a, a, an integral part of this entire story. He created this whole mess, and he created Manborg, the protagonist for the whole movie. Right. And then do you remember how Manborg responded to him when he told him that? No, and I didn't cap it either. So basically, Dr. Scorpius goes through the whole story um, of how he opened up the, the gateway to hell and brought them into our world. And then he realized how he had done wrong and he created the Manborg with their te- own technology to combat them. And at the end of that entire speech, Manborg just says, you dick, it's all your <laughs> fault. Uh, I could have taken every line of this movie and made a clip out of it. Out of it. That's how good the dialogue was. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks free. Um, Dr. Scorpius gives him a... A, an audio tape, like an old school, like 1980s, 1990s audio tape, which he calls a future cassette. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he tells him he wants him to use that to defeat Draculon. And at that point, uh, basically the two do uh, an awkward fist bump. <laughs> and uh, Manborg, this is a lot going on right here. Manborg escapes, he frees the gang, um, but the Baron readies himself, and he goes to the block to give flowers to Mina, and she's gone. <laughs> That's so right, goes, yeah. So at that point, the Baron... So all this is happening. Everybody's escaped. The Baron comes in with his flowers. And the Baron, yep, you've blown it again. Yeah, that's what he's mad about, right? <laughs> and two of my last uh, clips are from the escape. Um, okay. This is, this is when they run into that first door. Here's what she claims. It's got a future lock. <laughs> it's got a future lock. Future lock. Yeah, why not? Right? Yeah, it's a future it's lock. It's a lock in the future. Yeah, and this one I'm going to definitely keep because this is a question and answer that's pretty much used around my house uh, a lot. So I'm going to keep this one for reals. You coming? Am I allowed to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that clip's staying. <laughs> it's forever. Yeah. You coming? Am I allowed to? Yeah. I've heard, oh. I've uttered that, that answer. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I'm going to say is I wish on everything that you could have gotten this clip because uh, the Baron, when he notices, I know I went back a little bit, but when he notices that Mina's gone, he says, they called her prisoner number seven, but to me, she was always prisoner number one. Oh, that's, I didn't even catch that, man. That's great. <laughs> you did a good job, I didn't, though, man. No, man, I didn't, I didn't catch that one. You wonder if they call it like future dinner, go get the future car, go to the future restaurant to pick up future dinner. Well, there because was more. Future there was yeah. There was more than one reference to that, right? Like the tape was future something, and I think the heart juice was like. Didn't that have a, name, a future name as well? Yeah, it was um, heart serum. Heart, yeah, all of it had. Only have one heart serum. Yeah, it all had just standard insert here uh, mumbo jumbo, right? <laughs> like they did. They didn't even, and that's even better than. Tr- okay, let's look at 
James Cameron's avatar. Okay, unobtainium is a dumb name it's for the a worst mineral. Name ever. I mean, nobody in the entire editing process for that movie would say that's ridiculous. Right. And if you if you really aren't going to give it something cool. Why not just give it some BS like Future Rock? I, I'm, I'm all right with that. You know, that's more that's fun to me. That's way better. You're not questioning our, our intelligence. You're just throwing it out there like, hey, we don't have time to think up silly names. Right. And so. it's unimportant. So whatever. Future Rock and we move on. Right. right. Future Lock and we're done with it. Future Lock, Future Rock, whatever right. you want. Same yeah. Future whatever. Just yeah. na- call it that and you're good. Yep. So uh, at this point, they steal a hover bike, which I thought here's another interesting uh, uh, scene from the movie is now they have like a, a a chase scene where they're on a hover bike and people are chasing them on hoverboards. So they have they're shooting on both off both sides of this hover bikes and stuff. I thought that was pretty neat too, man. Yeah, and that was one of those scenes where it's it's. It, I mean, the shot is a person standing still with the background moving fast behind them, right? Right. So I'm guessing that was projected on the green screen. Was that how they would have made would that effect? So. Because yeah. the effect was, I mean, it worked and it was very fun. Uh, but man, it was just hard. There were so many effects in, per shot; it was hard to see what was going on. Right. I did enjoy it. So they eventually, number one takes him uh, takes the whole gang to a safe house, um, and for some reason, at this point, Mina decides to leave to go take Draculon on herself. Right. Right. And then her brother, <laughs> another interesting uh, scene. He's having trouble making mac and cheese for everyone. Yeah, he can. That's right. Like him and number one man are like trying to trying to read the instructions. No, he can't read. Like, no, no, boil. The- yeah, that's that's when they described or they do uh, tell you that basically he can't read. Right. There was more than one joke about him not being able to read. Right. <laughs> but it was so late in the movie. It's like I wonder why they brought it up, but I'm glad they did. Yeah. Wasn't there another thing with the grenades or something where he, uh, he did he tell t- him to grab something and he's like he grabs the wrong thing because he can't read what's on the box. We'll get into that here in a second. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even realize that. I thought he was just stupid. But yeah, number one, <laughs> man, like telling him like, no, 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 you need to boil the water first and then pour the noodles in. And he's like, oh, okay, which I thought was hilarious. It was fun. Um, and then Bamborg gets a hologram from Dr. Scorp- Scorpius who tells him he's the only one who can f- defeat Draculon. Um, and then that's, of course, when they find the note from Mina that she's gone to fight Draculon. So they all decide to go with Bamborg. Um, to help him defeat Draculon and save Mina now in the process. Right. Right? So that's when you get the uh, the cliche. I, I forget who said this. I think it was Manborg. He tells everybody, it's never too late to be a hero. I didn't catch that either. Which I think I'm, we should have these uh, mantras written down somewhere because they're all very important. It's not about the killing. It's about family. And it's never too late to be a hero. This movie's a lot deeper than I gave it credit for on the, on yeah. the revision. Maybe a second watch, maybe I'll catch all that. Well, then after that... We get an old school montage, man. Yeah, yeah. So once again, I've brought up A Team in every show. A Team montage, this show as well. Yeah. A double. I mean, they're doing a double handed shooting. They're practicing with nunchucks, which I, which I didn't see for the rest of the movie. Just nunchucks at some point. Um, they're doing swords, shooting old cans. They're just training, which I, I I like it, but I just never understood like where they had the time to train for that before they go <laughs> do their rescue. Yeah. I mean, they, I think those montages are a, a place to put cool music because usually the montages have the, the cool music in the background, right? Brian Weiss looks like, I got this great track. We got to throw it in somewhere. Well, we don't have a montage yet. Yeah. There and that's go. where you put in a cool music, you get the montage. <laughs> and that, that he even did the exact same thing as RoboCop where he tried to, to focus in on a can. Remember when they're reteaching RoboCop, <laughs> right? And they yeah. did the same thing with him. They tried to get him to shoot a can with, a, with his big gun. So yeah, there was definitely a lot of that going on. That was awesome. And then... They all three get on one hover bike. 
Hey, man, that was <laughs> I. You did, I meant to text you, and I, I was probably taking clips. I wanted to say, I need a picture of me, you, and Nick on a motorcycle, <laughs> a la Manborg, uh, just to have for, like, a background. <laughs> it was number one man, Justice, and Manborg on the back on this one. One motorcycle, motorcycle. Just, so just like the Three Stooges on a horse, right? <laughs> <laughs> just riding off to save the day. It was great. Right. Oh, dude, awesome. I'm telling you, just those little... Um, just those little jokes thrown in there, man, just made it so much more enjoyable. They could, they could have left all the humor out of it, right? And I don't think it would have been as fun. No, that's the heart. That That's yeah. where you know the heart is in it, you know? Right. So back at the base, the Hellion headquarters, Mina um, – now, this was something that I, I was confused about. Mina, Mina battles Shadow Mega, which is the female um, – Bad girl. Minion, female baddie. Um, obviously, it's, again, an anime battle. Um does she turn into that robot monster or does it come out? Oh, I had no clue. Because later on when they fight the robot monster again, they're fighting her and then all of a sudden she's gone and they defeat the robot monster and they never mention Shadow Mega again. Uh, question mark is what I have there. I have no idea what was going on there. I, I enjoyed it, but I had no clue. So I, what I'm thinking is when she went into the shadows after getting stabbed by Mina, I think she turned into that large hardware monster, right? It, is it like was she a monster to begin with, or did she turn into the monster? I think she changes into that monster. Hmm. That was one of the things I was really scratching my head at because I was trying to to see what was going on. But remember, at the end when they're fighting, um, they're fighting her, and then all of a sudden the monster's there. They defeat the monster, and they have no mention of the girl ever again. Yeah, that, I, I'm gonna definitely pay better attention to that on my second viewing. Okay. Well, anyway, she she fights the monster. She's in the battle. Uh, the fellows arrive on their three. Uh, person upper pie. <laughs> right. um, now this I thought was cool because the uh, the the karate and the chop sake got a lot more violent. There were a lot of beheadings. Uh, they were they were shooting face off style with uh, both guns off the side of the hover bikes. They're jumping off of it. They're doing all sorts of uh, crazy action movements, and the gore is just out of control on that part. Right, and that's what you should do. You you have a a crescendo, right? Like you you give you the best battle as the final battle, right? I guess you're right. Yeah, I didn't think about it. This is this is the final scenes, which. Unlike the other movies, I don't think this one felt rushed at all. I thought it was a, oh, no. a great conclusion. Yeah, the whole movie was paced perfectly. Uh, it was, it's, for what they were giving you, too much of it, if they would give you two and a half hours of this, I don't know that you could have pulled it off as easy. And if you'd have gave me 30 minutes, I would have wanted more. So I think that they kind of nailed it right where they were at. It is, I think you would get exhausted by watching it. Yeah, you could. Get, I think it, this would give you uh, epileptic seizures if you watch too much of it because the, the lighting, the effects, they were just... Blink, blink, flash, flash, flash. Every, it, it was, I, we cannot do justice the amount of wackiness that was happening on screen in this movie at any one time. Well, I noticed like even when they're having dialogue, say they were in the middle of a battle, right? And they would, um, they would be having dialogue with each other. You would see them move out of the way because bullets were bouncing off of items next to them. So they would have the spark like bullets were bouncing. So you see them, they're, they're just having a conversation, but then they would move out all of a sudden and you would have that effect. So even during the dialogue situations, there was there was special effects thrown in there. Oh, this was a treat. This was a constant. Uh, I would say this is a work of art in terms of filmmaking. It was constant oh. something going on. It was nuts. Totally agree. Um, and this another one of my favorite lines from Justice. Um, so Manborg decides to break off to go save Mina, but Justin tells him not to. Or sorry, what did I say? Justin. <laughs> Justin. Justice, <laughs> Justice tells him not to go in that room because it says danger. Do you remember that scene? Right. And but he looks he up and it says elevator. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so Justice is like, 
and oh never mind you'll be fine go on yeah, in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go in there it says danger and it just the perfect pan perfect comedic timing elevator right in oh, the middle of non-stop action right and then of course he gives his cheesetacular uh thumbs up robotic thumbs up which he does a couple times in the movie and then uh it goes back to mina battling the stop motion hardware monster uh, again really great effects with this but what was cool about it is it reminded me um, of the skeleton scene. You've probably seen it a million times. You've probably never seen the whole movie. Have you seen Jason and the Argonauts? Oh, yes. The skeleton fight scene, Oh, right? yes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, a lot of that was very reminiscent, which is a, it's a huge compliment to the guys who made this because that's Harryhausen. Yeah. He's the master of stop-motion animation. So if you make that leap between Harryhausen and this, you know, Manborg B-grade movie made by a bunch of Canadians uh, who have a love for the form... I think that's a huge compliment, man. Absolutely. Did you catch a little bit of Army of Darkness skeletons in there too? I did. Yep. Yeah. Little, just how they because they had that was mixed in with uh, live action skeletons, right? They'd have some stop motion skeletons in the background. Yep. And it, I caught a little bit of that too, where you have the live action and then behind it the stop motion, kind of cool. And you know what? I don't know why I didn't make that lead too, because obviously there was Jason the Argonauts, then there was Army of Darkness, and then there was this, mm -hmm. and I think it's just a perfect progression. The effects don't get any better. But what what do we have in common with all those movies is they're well. First off, Jason the Argonauts was a um, a technical spectacle back in the day because nobody had ever seen anything like it. Yeah, Army of Darkness is a cult gem, and then Manborg. To me, it should be more widely known. Plain and simple. Oh yeah, if if you're into the type of stuff, well, if you're listening to this show, I'm gonna guess you're into the type of stuff we're doing, uh, or you'd be super bored. And if you're into the type of type of stuff we're doing, this is a watch. Yeah, definitely. So um, at this time, oh. Let me just make another with the hardware monster. Did you ever think about Ed 209 from RoboCop too? Yeah, I thought about RoboCop the whole damn movie, man. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm I sure mean, they did too. I mean, obviously that. I don't think they're trying to hide the fact that they they're they're spoofing RoboCop, right? I don't think they're spoofing RoboCop in general. I think they're spoofing Dracula, RoboCop. I mean, you could name you know '90s video games. There's anime. There's a lot of stuff, and I don't think they're spoofing it. I think they're lovingly recreating it on a budget that um, is. Not even right. a tenth of what these other movie companies have, and they're doing it better. An homage to, to that type of style of movie. Yeah. yeah. I th Dude, you give these guys I, – I'd, I'd hate to see what they could do with you know a million dollars for a movie. Because I think uh, even Father's Day, Lloyd Kaufman, they had cut the trailer for Father's Day, um, and they had sent it into Troma, and Lloyd Kaufman says, I like it. Now, this is just a story I heard. I don't know if it's true or not. Lloyd Kaufman said, I really like the trailer. I'll give you $10,000 to make the movie. Now, if you've seen the Father's Day trailer, you know it's a lot of stuff that shouldn't fit in together into a movie. They took like ideas they really enjoyed and put it into a trailer. And he said, make, make the movie. And now they've got to take all the stuff from the trailer and make it fit. So and they, they did a perfect had, job of that as well. They had to work a movie around a trailer. Yeah, and it, it's it's a perfect movie, man. I can't wait to watch it with you. Oh, good. It's okay. one of my favorites. All right. Don't watch it with a bunch of Catholics, though. It really pisses okay. them off. <laughs> All I, right. I made that mistake. So uh, um, at this point, Manborg finally confronts Draculon. Uh, he says, you killed my brother. Um, and at that point, uh, Draculon tells him, well, take your vengeance then. And another great Manborg retort, oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my brother, then take your vengeance. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yep. dude. It was awesome. So they both get smashed out of the room and they fall back into the battle arena that we all know. Yeah. 
And there's already crowd waiting for him there. Already crowd. I mean, it's like the crowd never leaves. They probably just live there. And it's a right? crowd of like a, a claymation and puppets and <laughs> and CGI and, that, and <laughs> that really weird like little guy. Uh, yeah, he was related to one of the cast members. Yeah, his last name I think is he might be Stansky. I think I have to look him up again. Yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. was probably like here's here's a, a reason to get another one of our homies in the movie, right? Yeah, and he fit perfectly because I mean, just his his unique. Body style, yeah. it fits perfectly within the movie. Yeah. So now this is where I think they got the idea, and I actually confirmed it when I watched the behind-the-scenes Q&A with Kostansky. That was the boss battle. That's why Draculon's form had changed. It was future Draculon. Oh, right? okay. And so now we were going to have a boss battle. The boss battle was completely underwhelming, though. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you about that later, too, but yes, it was. It was. Okay. Not, I wouldn't say rushed. It was just there was a lot of cool stuff going on at that time, and they probably could have transferred some of that cool stuff into the boss battle. I totally agree. But I do like the fact that to make up for the lack of uh, anything significant for the boss battle, they have three simultaneous battles going on at the same time. Yeah, the number one man is fighting Number one man and Justice are fighting the Killborgs. No, number one man's fighting Baron, isn't he? Oh, that's right. He is. Yeah, number and- one man's facing off against the Baron, while Justice and Mina are fighting Shadow Omega or the hardware monster, whatever that is. Right. And then Manborg is fighting Count Draculon. And it's actually cutting back and forth between all of them. Right, like like Star Wars does, that where you got to fight in space, you got to fight on the ground, you got to fight on the Death Star, and it's cut yep. between all three of them. Yep, it was amazing. So, I thought it was cool that number one man did like a Superman punch to the Baron, knocking him into into a, an electrical device. God, I can't, why can't I say that? <laughs> knocking him into an electrical device. Um, but that's when what you had brought up at the beginning of the, the cast was he blows up, so that's like a CGI effect or maybe in camera type thing. Then you see the 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 actual claymation skeleton of his body immediately following that. Right. Which it was seamless, man. I mean, you could probably slow mo it and see some, see something, but I thought it just works. Yeah. I, I, I said it five times. I gave up trying to figure out what effect they were using. I just enjoyed it after a certain amount of time. It was just enjoy what's going on there and appreciate it. Well, think about this too. Um, so he punches Baron into that electrical device and he blows up. They could have just left it at that, right? It blows up, meat chunks fly out everywhere. Right. Yep. But they went out of their way to to animate the skeletal remains of him, and it's on the screen for two, three seconds. But that probably took a week right. to make. Yeah. Right. It's crazy, man. Just the heart there, man. I bet you if it's we so- watched this ten times, we would. Or I bet you've watched it a hundred times. We would find a hundred different little things that that like, wow, I can't even believe that they spend the time to do that. So you're saying it's the airplane of B-grade yeah. sci-fi action uh, movies? It's like you watch Airplane and you see new stuff every catch time a you watch it. new joke every time. Yeah. Yeah, they're really astounding with, with the amount of heart and effort and work that went into something uh, that I, I would guess the hardly anybody's ever going to see and a lot of people would take as a throwaway, you know? Yeah, I think it's a mistake. Yeah. I think more people should know about it. So we're doing our part here. Yeah, come um, on. But at this point, so that happens with number one man and the Baron. Uh, Mina and Justice are battling the Shadow Mega or the Hardware Monster, whichever yeah. it is. <laughs> and this is when you had brought it up earlier. Mina tells him to grab the grenades. And she's like dying. She's like in desperate need of help. And he's kind of giggling at her. You remember that? Yeah. She's like, I need help. And he's like, <laughs> she's like, grab the grenades. And he can't read it. So I thought this was brilliant, too. He starts trying to, he sees the grenades and he's trying to sound out what it says. So he says, G R <laughs> yeah. backwards three. I almost capped that dude. Yeah, backwards three. <laughs> backwards three. Oh, so he eventually great. figures it out. Those are the grenades she needs. He takes him, 
shoves a grenade in his chest cavity, and number one man comes in with a Liu Kang flying kick, and he explodes. Yeah, it was great. Yep. Better than the better than the other boss fight. Yeah. Oh well, we're getting into that. So it goes back to Manborg and Draculon, where they're having a sword fight. I don't even know where like Manborg would get a sword. Or did you notice at one point he even had the spike that Robocop has that comes out of the wrist? Yeah. He killed one of the bad guys with the spike too. Um, yeah. Again, a lot of the notes I have say for some reason now he has this, and that was kind of how I took the sword. Oh yeah, now he has a sword. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I don't care about yeah. that. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, which is. You know, uh, a glaring, I don't even know how to say this. The fact that I don't care uh, makes their job, they've done their job that much better. Right. Everything else was so much fun that you're not going to nitpick on something. Don't care about that. Right. Do something cool with it is all I wanted to see. I don't care how I got there. Just do something cool with it. (laughs) Right. Right. Which he doesn't really um, at all. They have this sword fight. Uh, Manborg gets his arm cut off. Uh, right before Dracula can move in for the kill, obviously, somebody comes in to save the day. Mina comes in with a knife and saves the day. She gets blasted by pure energy, electron energy. Um, <laughs> again, uh, Manborg is about to kill Draculon, and he, says, he calls his name out, Draculon, more like asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, dude. Uh, so, Manborg uh, basically just shoves a pole through his throat right yeah just right through his uh through the i guess the breathing uh breathing tube which we all know that's not how you kill dracula yeah it's the heart come on man with a a, whatever i guess it's a future stake through his future heart heart neck yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) so um mina is dead from the hit of the pure electron energy but of course the movie can't end that way right right it can't so Manborg uh, offers up his only heart serum to her to allow her to live. Another unexplained, he opens up his chest. He has like some f- fluorescent white goo in a vial. and Which they haven't discussed the entire no. movie. No, and really not necessary either, dude. It was just cool. Right. It, it didn't matter. You know? <laughs> All you need to know is that you're about, the Manborg is going to sacrifice his non-life for hers because it, he's a cyborg. His so only heart juice. Alive. They only built one heart juice into him. Right, and there's no spares, and the doctor's dead. But I love the ending when he's dying, and Dr. Scorpius, his vision comes back, and Dr. Scorpius brings his brother's vision in oh, with yeah. him. And he's got, tell me you've got a clip of the uplifting words. That is my last so, clip, yeah. So and that, that scene right there is, is Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Anakin in Jedi, right? It's the ghosts saying their goodbye, or I'm in a better place, or whatever. It's, right, it's the right. same thing. So here's what he says... Hey, bro. It's me, brother. Remember, I died at the beginning. I just want to say you did great out there. There's no heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That works on so many levels, man, because it's like, remember me, your bro, from the beginning? Wink, wink. Remember I died? In a minute. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, you did a great job out there. There is no heaven. He gave, like, a, really? he gave him a little, a little news from the other side, man. <laughs> oh, that was great, if only man. Houdini had been able to do the same thing. Oh, so good. Like, like a perfect oh. cap to the, to the movie, just some straight BS to some fun BS. It was great. There is no heaven. And you see him like, man, was like, there's no heaven? And then he dies. <laughs> and so then, of course, uh, the Hellions start rising from the ground again. The three remaining heroes give themselves a slight little grin, and they get back to combat, man. And that's the end of the movie. Manborg's gone. I do have one more clip, and it, it doesn't 
tie in really to the movie anywhere other than I thought it would be good and we could use it on other shows. So tell me, okay. if you, tell me if this is a keeper or not. This is terrible. Oh, oh I can't watch this. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, when we finally hit the level of movie that even me and you can't watch, we're going to use that clip. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just call it the main board clip. We have yeah. to break it out of the vault, break out the main board clip. All right. And that was the end, I think, of clip. That was also the end of the movie. So Yeah. I, I thought um, this low-budget movie was better than 85% of the stuff that's in the movie theaters right now. Oh, I, I love this one, man. It was such a... I knew like nothing going in, and that's how you should watch it. Just go in ready for a visual. Even treat. though we just told you the whole movie, go in without having listened well, to this yep. podcast either. Sometimes it's, it takes that to sell the movie. You know what I mean? Like I I'm agree. Getting, I'm I agree. Getting You're still gonna Raw have Force. fun with it, even though you know everything that's gonna happen. Yeah, a couple buddies, Gene Sledge, they've said that since we did Raw Force, they actually want to watch Raw Force. Like without that, it wouldn't have happened. So you know, we did our job there. And I don't know if you saw or not, but the credits are all basically like two guys. Like the credit scroll, it's the same two names. Over yeah, and over. I mean, they did just, everything. Well, there's only five guys in the entire production company, and they do pretty much everything. Yeah, so if you're not on the list of actors, you're and, and you're not one of those five people, you're in the credits as everything else in the movie. Yeah, like Kilborg, you know, Puppeteer, Special Effects, right. Gaffer. Um, did you also watch the very end to see the Biocop trailer? I wanted that to be real so bad, dude. Like, During the Q&A where they premiered Manborg, people were asking that a lot. Like, when is Biocop coming out? Because... That is pure genius, man. It was awesome. I mean, I hope that they can make that fun for a feature length, you know, because that did have a lot of the same joke with him wanting to but, die in every scene, right? <laughs> like, just kill me. Yeah. When, when, the, when the guy behind the desk asks him for his badge and he vomits it up, kill me. Yeah. And he Don't, throws his badge up. You really can't take our word for this one. You need to get, I'm sure it's on YouTube, and look up Biocop. We can't do it justice. It is amazing. The trailer is amazing. Hopefully they'll do the same thing they did with uh, Father's Day. They'll make the trailer. Somebody will finance them. You know, he hell, if anybody out there has, you know, $20,000, throw it to them and they'll make that movie and it'll be better than half the stuff you've seen. Oh, man, yeah. That, I, I want to go back and watch that trailer again. That was so great. <laughs> it was so good. Now, I don't know if you saw this or not, but did you go past the trailer to the FBI warning? Yes, at the I end? did. I went all the way to the <laughs> end, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, another rare uh, Easter egg. If you watch that movie all the way to the end, it has a totally legit-looking FBI warning about copywriting, and it goes, it just devolves into a guy complaining about the movie, yeah, and and the fact that you're you're copyright infringing his ideas right now. It's it's genius. And the the cool part is that you get pretty a pretty good scroll of FBI warning where you really have to stick with it, and then all of a sudden it's like dot dot dot. Are you still reading this? You know, like and then it just goes into why are you even still reading this? And the dude just goes off. It's awesome. Now, I noticed something was off, though, and I, what gave it away is when it started talking about unauthorized re reproductions of uh, DVD discs, laser discs, and it said Videodrome. Videodrome? Videodrome, the David Cronenberg movie, Videodrome. Huh. When I saw that, I was like, wait a second, there's something going on with this. And then, of course, the shenanigans began. <laughs> oh, wait. I mean, uh... Shenanigans are happening. <laughs> I need to start using that more, man. That's a good so, clip from your very first, like our very first show. That's a the cool throwback. My voice sounds so immature then. Get out of here, man. I didn't have this great microphone. Get out. Yeah, it's all in the EQ. That's right. So uh, in closing for me about the movie, I thought what makes it work is it's familiar but different. Okay. Um, there's a character depth um, and extremely well dialogue, well written dialogue that a lot of uh, people can't pull off if you will, like uh, guys who do Mummy Maniac. They oh. can't do stuff like this. 
Um, I just I think it's silly bad on purpose. Yes, and I love that. Yes, it it was full of heart. Uh, my last statement here is this movie had two of the three things that are very important to me in a movie. Uh, those three things being kung fu, boobies, and little people. It, was, it knocked two no out of three. boobies in this movie. I said it had two out of the three. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> it had kung fu and it had boob, uh, little people, no boobies. So, so it was close. <laughs> okay, well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I really did. It had a ton of heart. I'm going to read my statement again just because maybe it makes more sense now. It seems that they, they worked harder to make a bad movie than they would have had to work to make a good movie, which made the movie better. That's perfect. I should put that on my IMDb because nobody else is writing anything up there. That's perfectly, that's extremely eloquent, man. I love Thank it. you. What Makes no sense. Uh, my favorite part, easily, any dialogue between Baron and Mina. Anytime the, the chemistry between Baron and Mina were on screen, uh, big smile on my face, written as I would have written this with a buddy and laughed my ass off. Great. I agree with you, and I was going to use that, but I figured that you might Ooh, do you know that. Me. Good. So I picked, I love the montage um, because it was just insanely ridiculous. They were breaking out weapons that they don't use throughout the entire movie. Um, the music is just spot on perfect yeah which i think the music through this entire movie is spot on perfect but just when that uplifting synth you know uh, 80s music starts it just it it (laughs) makes me feel like a kid again every time i hear it so i love that brings me back to the a-team every time and you can never talk about the a-team without me liking it (laughs) (laughs) that's great man Uh, what's your least favorite part uh i think and we already kind of tented towards it the draculon death um a little bit more from the draculon death would have been better for me a little bit just since so much cool stuff happened up to that point i was expecting just something it didn't even have to be longer but just maybe more than just a, a stake through the throat you know right yeah i can see that. and that's this is really i really had to soul search to find something i didn't like i mean it i almost put there was very little not to like about this and left it at that but if you had to pe- peg me down it would have been that I, I went the cheese dick route okay i i also had a hard time finding something to dislike about this movie so i put I disliked the end because I really didn't want Man Borg to die. Oh, that lovely dude. <laughs> I really I really like that guy, Borg. But there's only one heart juice. Everybody knows that. <laughs> there's only one. Everybody only gets one heart serum. Yeah, his heart is literally juice in a vial on his chest. <laughs> Not connected to anything. <laughs> no, he just pulls it out. There's no ink, you know, connections or, or nothing. You're no, right. it's he like just a, pulls out like a, a Tupperware container of... Glowing yeah. liquid. It's like a little Molly pouch on his chest. And he just takes it <laughs> off, and here's my heart juice, and I'm dead now. <laughs> and I awesome. loved every bit of it. Yeah. Every minute of it. All right, who's your fake sponsor this week? Oh, I'm sorry, oh, your real sponsor. Okay, you're going to try to get ahead of me. We, you need, oh, no, we did have a fake sponsor, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I do have one. Future locks. There's no way you're getting in now. Because <laughs> it's the because fu- it only opens in the future. Get it? Fu- future locks. <laughs> it works on a lot of different levels, man. Yeah. All right. Mine was uh, this movie or this podcast is brought to you by Universal Studios Van Helsing. Please don't watch our piece of crap flick and watch this one a thousand times. It's way better. A diss and a sponsor. Great. Yeah. Hey, because if you think about it, think about there's a lot of uh, there's Mina, right? Yep. Van Helsing, Mina, Dracula. They, they actually said on the bonus Q&A, um, Kostansky said one of his ideas for this movie, he was watching Van Helsing and realized what a huge hunk of turd that movie was, <laughs> and he wanted to do something in the same vein but better. So that's why he threw in Count Dracula. It worked for me. I'm happy with so, whatever he did, just, yeah. Awesome. Uh, did you give this a new unique star rating? Um, yeah, I did. It, I gave it 666 out of a possible Astron 6. Oh. It's an excellent flick, but it's uh, obviously not for everyone. That's Especially unfunny pricks. 
That's a great one, man. People who don't enjoy life. I gave it zero out of a possible four boobs in this movie because there was two chicks and neither <laughs> of them showed their boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Mina was gorgeous, man. She's absolutely stunning. Both of them I thought were cute as could be. They were yeah. both of them just great. Good, good actresses, too. I mean, they were great. Yeah, they did a great... Dude, they could come to this uh, just totally unprepared and not giving a shit, but they gave it their all, man, for sure. Yep. All right, what was your life lesson? If your gun stops working, use your elbow rocket. Duh. Well, wouldn't you think of that, right? Right. (laughs) Maybe we should start. You should start training that sometime. Like, uh, transition to elbow rockets. Well, the the cool thing is, the cool thing is, there was not even a contraption. Literally, he held up his elbow in a rocket shot. There was no contraption or anything. Like his gun was a huge contraption. The rocket just materialized out of his elbow. It's out of his tricep, man. If you bend your elbow, it's coming straight out, straight trajectory from your tricep. Come on, man. The rocket was it's awesome. <laughs> stretch. What'd you get out of that? I, if you surround yourself with like-minded, uh, talented friends, you can really create something special. Uh, sorry, I was such a disappointment on that one. I'll try harder next time, Steve. Oh, I thought yours had way more heart than mine. You kidding? Mine was a throwaway. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking, like, what is my life lesson? It's like, man, my life lesson is if I had more talented friends uh, – well, wait a second. I'm the untalented one, so I'm sorry <laughs> to disappoint you, Steve, because I can be doing a lot better for you. We can we, do a lot better things if I was more talented. That's BS. I'm just as bad as you. We can't all be Nick is a better way to say that. So. Yeah, I agree. Why couldn't we all be like Nick, who's not even listening to this thing right now because he doesn't know anything about movies and he hates them? Such a great friend. He refuses to listen to our show. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick. All right. So um, I kind of I, I like our life lessons because half of the time they're straight BS from the movie and half the time we actually get something out of it. So I'm, I'm kind of cool with that, man. Cool. Awesome, man. Let's keep it up. All right. Uh, quiz each other off. OK. Are we going to talk about whether it's slack or not or do we quiz off first? Let's do the quiz off and keep everyone in suspense. Uh, OK. Uh, so, OK, man. So you, since you gave me such a hard time last time, I <clears> went <throat> with what I think is the perfect set of quiz questions. So at the end, you can yell at me if you disagree, all right? It's only because I'm disappointed in myself. Okay. Well, see, let's see what you think here. I no think matter I, if I win or lose, your questions will always be bullshit. No, I've kind of figured out that when, when you don't know it, my questions are bullshit, and when you do know it, they're good. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already prepared for it. That's something I learned growing up. Quit cheating. All right. Quit cheating the game. Uh, my easy question. Who built Manborg? Doctor uh, Doctor Scorpius. Okay, and you hit on that yeah. earlier. I just didn't want to give it to you then. Okay. What was the name of the battle arena? That's your easy one. Yep. I'm bringing out the big guns today. That's the kind of shit you pull out. What was the name of the bar they went to? Is this what how you? The the, what was the name of the arena? <laughs> this is how you feel when I do that to this you. This is how I feel. I don't like it. Yeah, it sucks, right? Uh, I don't know. Medicine. Take your own medicine. It was the Terror Opticon. I did know that. I, you know what? I almost capped that, too. Damn it. All right. You know, that's right, another thing. Where's our sound effects, man? Uh, We've had a miss and a success. Uh, nah, we don't have to do it. Don't worry about too it. Too late. I like playing it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know you hate this. So we'll save stop. all those from the end, for the end. Uh, <laughs> so stop doing it. You know what sucks about me is I, most of the time I know it, I just, I'm bad on the spot, you know? Hmm. Let me see. Medium. Medium. Hmm. Medium hard question. You ready? Go. Which of Manborg's eyes is real and which is Borg? Uh, his right eye is Borg. Ah, good job, man. Okay. okay. How many humans has the champion killed according to the Jumbotron? Uh, can I consult my notes on that? Sure. Because I'm sure you took that down. I did. I almost asked it of you. It was like 1,000. It was either 1,023 or 1,073. I wrote it down and I can't find it right now. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Wrong. What is it? 2,073. <laughs> 
Oh, and I have it written down. So I wrote See? that down as your hard See? question. You're just sitting there watching signs in the background sucks. Hey, I would have given you that as your hard question. You gave it as my medium. Just think of it that way, all right? Okay. You all got right. It. And your hard question, which turned out to be not that hard, but I didn't know if you went all the way through the end, but name the fake movie trailer at the end. Biocop. Right. Now, that, that one could have been, if you were watching that like on Netflix, I don't even know if they would have included that. You know, So I figured that would be something you really would have to have the DVD to see. Well, you had the DVD from Netflix, right? I did. I did. But in the future, I mean, who knows? If oh, this, like it, streaming or something. Right. Yeah. If this comes up on Hulu or Amazon Prime or something and someone watched it, I don't know if they would include that. I, maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. Well, they would be missing out if they didn't get it. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Because that was great. It was like a little short film at the end. All right. You ready for my hard one? Ready. I'm re- wait, uh, wait, wait a minute. I, I'm ready for your hard one. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> when they escape from the prison, an alert is issued. What was the phone number on the alert? Yeah, now, see, now now I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. That's what, it was 1-800-555-6666. Dude, I knew it when you started saying it because it, I think it was 556, wasn't it? Or I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. You still win that one? And all the stuff that you did for questions, I did notice at some point and decided I wouldn't do that to you. So I got gotcha. you. Okay. Okay. You win. Cool. You get your compliment. And I have some pre-recorded compliments if I can find it properly. All right. Here's your winner. Doc's good enough, he's smart enough, and doggone it, people like him. <laughs> <laughs> you like that music in the background? He's not talented enough to, to, that we can create our own uh, American production company that makes the movies we want to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. That was great, man. Thank you very yeah, much for the thank kind Thank you. Work. And right. what do we got? We got Doc's Flicks picks and my uh, movie Swatch with Spouse up next. Well, you didn't talk about Schlock or not. Is it Schlock or not? Uh, I, for me, not. You? This is the first time we disagreed. Uh, you know, I thought that too, and I wrote that down. Uh, maybe this would be our first. I guess it's, so Schlock is subjective, right? Is a subjective matter. Um, to me, this movie did exactly what it was trying to do, kind of like Troll Hunter did in, in a weird way, where. It, I mean, it's really hard to explain, but I didn't get the feeling of this is a throwaway or this was fun, but a one-timer. This, to me, was really actually a good movie, and I would not call it schlock. I'm going to say it's 100% intentional on purpose. Grade A can't beat a schlock. Yeah, and I, I can agree with that as well, for sure. But if I had to vote one way or the other, I'm still going to go not. So I'm kind of glad, though, that we actually had one where we can we right. not always be, you know. Nothing but love for Astron 6 and their movies, man. But that it's schlocky, and they did it on purpose. Yes. And I appreciate it. Done in a, the best way possible. Yep. All right. Let me mark that off. Now we're Doc Flicks picks? Sure. Well, backwards. You do yours first. I always do mine first. Okay. Uh, this week, like, mo- like in case this is your first time listening, uh, I try to find something you can watch with either your spouse or your kids because Lynn would not have liked this movie at all since she would not have sat through it. Like most of the stuff we watch. Uh, we just finished watching the first season of the Fargo television series on Hulu. And in the beginning, I didn't think I was going to like it. I'm not really even a fan of the movie Fargo. I thought it was okay, not great. I know it has a big following. Uh, but the TV show I thought was head and shoulders better than the movie. They captured the essence of the movie, the stuff that I did like in the movie, and did more of it. The actors were great. It's got Martin Freeman, Billy Bob Thornton, Colin Hanks, and a really great cast. And towards the middle of the season, I really got hooked, and I, I'm glad I finished it. And I heard season two is even better. So I really enjoyed Fargo TV show currently streaming on Hulu. I am a huge fan of the movie, and I have that in my Netflix queue, so I'm glad I got a recommendation. So I'll yep. have to get into that. It's good. 
Mine, and I'm starting to notice a pattern here. I've got to change this up. It's a uh, another documentary. I don't know if you've ever heard heard of it before. It's uh, 2015's Finders Keepers, directed by Brian Carberry and Clay Tweel. And so basically, all I'm going to tell you is this, because you just got to see the movie. Um, guy gets leg amputated. Guy buys storage unit with aforementioned amputated leg in smoker. And you need to watch the doc Ooh. because it's way better than it sounds. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I like stuff like this when you're watching a Manborg and and uh, you just want to get a dose of reality. I like you know off the wall weird documentaries, so I I think this one's a keeper, a finder's keeper for Ooh. sure. And I'm super cool with documentaries as well, and they start with the word doc, so I think it works that you're <laughs> <laughs> that you're doing that. <laughs> docs documentaries. That's just just get rid of flicks pics all together and they just both do rhyme, docs though. documentaries. Yeah, they they're both good. Docs documentaries. Oh, now now you're getting into the wordplay again, dude. <laughs> no, I gotta right. stop. I'm such an idiot. And uh, I'm going to do a quick teaser for the next episode. Uh, I'm, we're thinking, and I think it, if you really want to follow us and really want to know if we change the movie, get on Twitter because Doc's going to post there if we change our mind. But as of now, there's a movie, 1993, called Ninja Scroll. It's available on Hulu and YouTube. The full movie is available on YouTube. I've seen it once. Doc has never seen it. I saw it 10 plus years ago. It was, I'm not into anime and I don't know a lot about anime. This was one that actually I loved, and I couldn't believe it when I watched it, and I'm hoping it stays true to this day, and I, I'm hoping that over the course of doing these movies, I'll actually learn a little bit more about it, because it's something I don't know a lot about. I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it, and it, since it's free to watch in a couple different places, uh, Ninja Scroll, 1993, I hope we have as much fun with that as we did with this. I'm definitely going out of my comfort zone. I think I've watched one, uh, one anime film to completion, and it was Akira. So maybe you've introduced me to something a little different here, man. See, I've watched the main ones, right? Akira, and there's another one that everybody always brings up is like, if you like anime, this is the one. It's another feature-length one. Um, I really didn't dig those. So this one I did. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping this works. And we're doing this on purpose. We're trying to sprinkle in every type of movie genre that we can possibly find just to, to keep it fresh, to keep people going out of their comfort zone, to keep people trying something they wouldn't normally try and maybe... Um, even Maybe ourselves, right? Yeah, especially ourselves. And that's why I'm hoping that we get some feedback and people saying, hey, check check out Blank. This is something that I loved and no one ever talks about. We'd love to do Make, something like that. Please comment. Send us a feedback review at uh, schlockernot at gmail.com. Check out the Twitter feed at theschlockernot. And uh, looking forward to hearing from all you guys, man. Yes, which brings us to our Schlockernot's mission statement. I got a special surprise from you for you from our good buddy Gene, who is – Hi, Gene. show and donated the computer we're using right now. Let me see where I put it. Oh, goodness. This is going to be great. This is going to be great for the show. Here we go. Okay, and here's a little surprise for you. Ready? Cool. Schlockernauts. Our friends traveling to the edge of the cinematic universe with us in a rocket ship fueled with high hopes and low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, Gene. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, so I didn't even, I never, it never occurred to me to have our actual friends do the recording. I just asked Gene to give me, I sent him the question and I said, fill in the blanks. Uh, he actually recorded that and emailed it to me. And I would absolutely love if, if anybody listening wants to do that. I w you want to get your voice on here? I will throw it up in a heartbeat. It, it's less work for me. It's more fun, I think, to have the the everybody, the family included. Uh, I'd like to make that a thing where if we get enough people, they're all sending in a mission statement. We could just play one per show. I think that's a great idea. And I can't wait till we can do a clip uh, of all of them together to completely describe our show. I just want to let Gene know I really appreciate that one because that's exactly what our mission statement is, man. Yeah, that's it, man. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. And I gave, him, I gave him no... Uh, 
nothing other than the question with the two blanks and told them to fill in the blank. So that was cool. That's excellent. Uh, do you want to th- uh, thank some people? Well, we, uh, we got a special surprise on the way out too. Definitely listen to the end. We have our first, very first mashup. Uh, we have somebody, one of our good friends of the show, Jeff. He made a mashup of our first two, or I think it's our first one and two episodes and put it to music and we can use it as our outro now, which is totally awesome. It's actually somebody contributed to the show. It's great. Yeah. Uh, encourage more of that. So thank you so much for that. Uh, do you want to give their information for me, Doc, please? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's uh, all the credit should go to Jeff. Uh, I think he wanted me to, to let everybody know it's a track cache. It's Jeff, Aaron, and Katie. I don't know how, how much work uh, which particular person did, but he wanted me to give credit to the entire track cache. Um, check out their YouTube channel, the track cache, C-A-C-H-E. I want to thank them all. Um, and you're going to get this joke. I want to thank them all for this ridiculously amazing mm. outro. Nice. <laughs> uh, they're great friends of the podcast, and I want to thank everybody who uh, sends us any feedback or uh, rates us or reviews us. Thank you, guys. Yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, the mashup is awesome, and I think if, if they continue to take little sound bites and make mashups of other shows, that could be just a reoccurring fun for us. I, I could see that only being good. Definitely. Okay, Doc, thank you very much. Thank you, man. Thanks yeah. for everybody. Here we go. For listening. Is this movie shock or not? Is this movie shock or not? It's shock. 100% not shock. Shock, how how could you do that to me? Definitely not shock. Definitely not shock. I thought it was... 100% not shock. How could you do that to me? It's shock. 100%. Oh, you want me to talk about the boobies? Is that <laughs> what you're getting at here? I think about boobies <laughs> constantly, bro. I do care for boobies. Creepy Gucci Gucci sound. So how, how could you do that to me? 100% not shock. I don't want to talk about CGI blood. I want to talk about some good old-fashioned squibs. I almost took a drink during it, and I didn't want to hear like... I just mute my mic. That's all I do is I just mute the mic and sit there. Why are you smart and I'm dumb? God, dude.